And do you remember when you looked in the water and saw your reflection, the embers? They drew out a map and they showed you direction. All right, so we're talking about how the big-headed queen chick from Alice in Wonderland does it for us. The, yeah, the lovely Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to Wayfinder on that note. Yeah. I'm Adam. I'm JC. Welcome, guys. And we're having the best time. Um, As always. Yeah. Talking about how uh, the big-headed midget lady from Alice in Wonderland is is got this crazy attractive thing going. Yeah. What's her name? Helena Bonham Carter. Helen, Helena? Helena. Helena Like Bonham. Alaska. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, well, I love her. Sweeney Todd. She can uh, do no wrong. Well, she's in every Tim Burton movie because that's Tim Burton's wife. Are you? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Really? For real. I, th- I thought his wife was uh, uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Are they not married? I, I thought that was the thing. I think they have an open... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense, man. I bet she, she and, she and uh, Tim Burton make each other very happy, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, she's weird as fuck. But I love her in the best way. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Uh, she's quirky. Uh, Harry Potter, she's a great Harry Potter. Great, great. I killed Sirius Black. Da, 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 da. She's, yeah, yeah. yeah. We every, every every guy who's not quite right, which most of us aren't, mm-hmm. are kind of into that thing about a chick who's not quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you exciting. Know? <laughs> it's uh, Frederick Nietzsche made that comment about. Uh, boys um, always enjoying their playthings, and then when you grow up, you want a man. You want the like uh, as a, as a man, you want the most dangerous plaything, mm-hmm. which is a woman. Yes, you know what I mean. Particularly a woman who's a little bit off. I think we're all kind of into that. Keep you on your toes. Yeah, I won't take that one any further. Um, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome aboard the Wayfinder fucking spaceship. Uh, we've got a cymatics plate that we play with a lot. Yeah, and this on the podcast, we've been we've had it here and we've had a frequency on it. We've, we've had an image, you know, and it's come, become part of our set, but we're going to make it a little bit more interactive. I think it was a cool, cool thing that we decided um, just to show the example of how pretty it is. Um, and then how fun playing with numbers and just operating in that space. It just so happens that today is October 17th, October 17th. So let's play with numbers for a second. 10, 17, Let's do the digital root of that from the things so, we've learned from Robert Grant. You guys know the digital root? That's uh, when you add up the sum of all the digits of a number. So 10, 17, you add up 117. Mm-hmm. And Di- you get? Nine. Nine. Digital root is nine. And so something that our friend Robert told us is that um, there's something about, well, Tesla said this, and Robert helped us understand it better, is that um, the the number three, six, nine, there is, there's harmony in these numbers uh, written into the fabric of the universe. And so anytime you encounter a three or a six or a nine, there's going to be a, a harmonic sort of signature there. And within the the frequency of different musical notes, particularly, the number nine has a harmonic frequency. Mm-hmm. And so anytime uh, you measure the hertz frequency of a particular sound, if the hertz, if the digital root of that, uh, that number of hertz, of that frequency in hertz, whenever that digital root equals nine, you're going to get a harmonic image. And we've played with this um, cymatics played enough to to be be certain at this point that there are some disharmonic fucking notes. Yeah, you there, can you can visibly you see can it. make some really disharmonic, really ugly shit happen on this thing with 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 disharmonic frequencies. And I think the really neat thing for me about cymatics plates, we talked about this before, the study of cymatics is understanding the the different sounds and how. There really is a disharmonic resonance that that exists within certain frequencies, and whenever you understand that thoughts have their own frequency, and all energy has its energy signature, 
everything works in waveforms. Um, this cymatics plate has been a tremendous learning tool for me. So because it's 1017, uh, we're, we're gonna, gonna throw that in here. We're gonna throw on a 1017 hertz. And uh, for anyone listening, it may not be the prettiest sound, but for anyone watching, you're gonna see a really cool shape. Yeah, it's pretty done. cool. Um, here we go. So we're just gonna turn on 1017 and I'm gonna slowly build the volume up and the sand is gonna do its job. And if we don't do it slowly, the sand just fucking blasts everywhere. Look at that. And what we're getting is just a really beautiful, beautiful image. It's symmetrical, it's intricate. You can kind of see that. There we go. Ooh. Beautiful. We'll use the coasters to prop it up a little bit so you can see it. So there you go. We wanted to make that a thing because it's uh happened to be a day. The, well, the digital root of the date root. was nine, yeah. so uh, fuck it, why not? We got a cymatics <laughs> plate laying yeah. around. It makes sense. Uh, so yeah, go go ch look into cymatics. If you're not looking into cymatics, then understand something that Nikola Tesla said, which is that everything you know, makes more sense about the universe if you look at it all in terms of sound and vibration, frequencies, you know. It's and beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff. And the three, six, and nine. Yeah, call back uh, if you haven't. Go back and watch our podcast with Robert Grant. Oh yeah, I mean, we did that. It's a just a shout out. Just go back and check that out if you haven't yet. It's a it's a, a wildly interesting conversation, and you don't have to because trust me, I was there when we were shooting it. Understand everything that's happening to get <laughs> all kinds of goodness out of it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fucking mind blowing. Um, we, we've since made good friends with Robert, but that was the first time meeting him in person, and you know, I'd had a couple conversations with him on the phone, but man, it was difficult to 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 navigate that conversation without just you know. I really had to have my wits about me. It, it was, was intimidating. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, to a certain degree. It and was. He turned out to be just an absolutely lovely human being. Yeah. Great conversation. Awesome person. But yeah, walking in, knowing somebody that smart is about to, you know, engage you and, and teach you. And, and, you know, it was trying to stay on pace of a podcast, but you're learning new stuff at the same time. And, and you, Yeah. I love him to death. He's a great guy. You know, always makes himself available uh, whenever I need to bother him about stupid shit. Like, hey, Robert, tell me how light works. Mm-hmm. Send him text, you know, had a couple glasses of wine at 11 p.m. He always, <laughs> he always obliges. Uh, he's such a good sport. Um, Shout out to Robert. Go check him out on Instagram. Uh, any platform that you can get him on. Yeah. He's always, his Instagram right now is where he seems to be it's most hot. active. And it's, I love it when it pops up. It's, it's informational. He's, it's insightful. Yeah, yeah, it does. He, he keeps a steady flow of information going on his Instagram. Robert Edward Grant is the name of that Instagram. And you can check out the podcast that we did with him on our YouTube channel or, or iTunes or any, any of the other things. Um, go, go to our website. Go to wayfinderpodcast.com. Yes. All of the things are there. So if you want to go to whatever platform, uh, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Instagram, it's all linked there on wayfinderpodcast.com. You can also support us on Patreon. If Absolutely. You go, there. go to Patreon. Anything that you can provide and support wise is greatly appreciated. We yeah, we really appreciate that support in a big, big way because we you know we do all this shit for you guys. Um, if if this podcast has ever impacted you in a positive way, if it's ever done anything for you, if you just throw a couple bucks toward the podcast, it really fuels this whole thing and helps us do what we do. And uh, you know what else really helps is comments. Uh, and ratings on like Apple Podcast. If yeah, you guys are listening, you're listening right now. Like when yeah. you get done, 
say thanks. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Any, Anything you want to put in a blurb Fuck or off, a comment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this was dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still helps well, us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the joke's on you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, comment, like, turn that little notification marker on if you're watching on YouTube right now. So when a new video goes up, bing, your totally. phone goes off. Hey, there's a new podcast up. Yep, 100%. Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, whatever. You know, go go put a comment on there and let us know what you think and throw us a rating. You know, it doesn't have to be anything complex. Just like It helps this podcast go further and it yeah. finds its way to more people. And the whole reason we're doing this is to impact people's lives. The more yeah. people we can do, that too is yeah. the best. So Man, help us with that. It matters. It makes a big difference. Uh, so... All of the house cleaning out of the way. Yes, yes, yes. It's all important stuff we got to do. Uh, so how you, how you been, man? Dude, I was hot, man. It's 45 degrees this morning, and it's 80 degrees now, mm-hmm. and I'm over it. So I had to take my sweater off. I was fucking about to melt. So JC and I are matchers now. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, we both got the navy blue shirts on. When you're synced up with somebody, I mean, we work hand in hand. Yeah. We're constantly in communication, and you end up starting to fall into to rhythmic grooves. And, yeah, yeah. And we both lean towards our navy blue shirts today as, as a choice. It says something about our psyche, you know, whenever uh, you pick the same colors to wear all the time, which most people do, right? Um, the uh, This color blue is a uh, it's a sign of, of wisdom and intellect and um, outspokenness of your wisdom and intellect. Mm. Uh in like all the chakra world stuff. Okay. Um, doesn't mean that we're wise or intelligent. It means we'd like to see ourselves that way. Sure. That's sure. what that means. But it also means, um, depending on the shade of blue, it's a throat chakra, uh, blue too. So like, um, if you are a person who wants to speak your truth and you're not speaking your truth, or you're a person who wants to be a singer, but you're afraid to sing, right? Or if you have some story to tell and you're not telling it, these are all sort of symbolic things, right? Blue is the color you want to wear because that is the color that opens up the throat chakra. Okay. So I've always been a fucking loudmouth, right? And I've always wanted to consider myself an intellectual and all these things. And so my closet's always been full of blue shirts, like side to side, wall to wall. So this last year, I've spent a lot of time um, getting rid of blue shirts and putting green shirts in there. Okay. And what is green? Heart chakra. Heart chakra. Heart chakra. Love it. Love Open it. that motherfucker up. Okay. You know, because I come in from a very left brain sort of, you know, my whole life uh, or my whole adult life. Anyway, I've always been very left brain and sort of just calculating and been like a problem solving fucking robot. Um, you, you start to shut down that heart chakra. That makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, it's not if it's not what you're using every day. Yeah, it's a muscle. You don't use it. You lose it. The chakras are like that. So I uh, I realized that. So I've got this green printite um, uh, necklace that I got from the tribal element. Um, yes. Yep. New Zealand people that make uh, that make this jewelry, um, sort of travel inspired inspired jewelry down in New Zealand. Good people. Beautiful stuff. I love their stuff. Masterful. Guys, go check them out on Instagram. Travel Element. Uh, they make beautiful things. Uh, got you a necklace from Travel Element. I do. I do. see that you're not wearing it. It's charging. That's I actually a, have it on. Okay. Uh, I have. I realized I had worn it for like several months and yeah. never set it in the window to get some sun never put on uh, I probably need to do it it's all fucking gummed up with my bad juju <laughs> it can happen yeah it you can, can. you gotta take your stuff off and charge it it is a thing mm-hmm. um, but the green printite this is uh this is a healer's stone right this is something that pertains it's the healer's healing stone right so like it's a lot of times as a healer uh, you know as an empath or an intuitive person we try to you know take on the 
the struggles and the challenges of the people around us and stuff like that. So yes, this is protection yes. for the healer. Um, but it's green, and I wanted something green for the heart chakra. I wanted something earthy, and it's actually got a little piece of grass that's frozen inside of it. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? So it was uh, sort of a it's an important earthy grounding sort of stone for me. But the green color is is a thing that opens up our heart chakras and it grounds us too. So that's the color of the earth. The earth is the green planet. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. So yeah, you guys ought to, ought to look into that stuff because you know we're both wearing blue shirts. I don't. I actually don't think that it's an accident because I think we knew we were going to come and record. We we set one or two days a week aside mm-hmm. to do these podcasts, and uh, we kick everybody out of the fucking office. And then we just come back to the studio and we do this, um, but wearing the blue shirts. I think I think subconsciously our subconscious goes for the blue because it knows that it opens up the throat chakra. It's kind of like if you're low on protein, you may not consciously realize you're low on protein, but like your body goes for the eggs or goes for the steak. Yeah. Or you know, you, you're, that's what you're craving. You're craving that specifically thing. for whatever. Reason. You're not thinking I'm craving protein. You're like I want a steak. Mm. Well, maybe that's your most pre- your preferred uh, method of of protein intake. But it's your your subconscious is making is, is you know making the decisions there and going hey I want, I want this because we need protein and I think we probably did that we probably wore blue shirts for the same reason mm-hmm. so yeah neat stuff uh dude last night so I uh we we got in it was a long day good day but it was you guys are busy on on uh, Wednesdays yeah yeah Wednesdays are a busy day Thursdays are a busy day it's gonna be another one today um but we. Um, we got in from jujitsu. We, it was like eight o'clock, like 8 PM. We, uh, or eight fifteen. we, uh, the kids got showered. I, I didn't get a chance to shower. Um, and then we got dinner going. We ate, it was like nine 30 before we get done eating, which sucks cause it's late, but it is what it is. Um, did homework, <laughs> did all the stuff we could. So it's like 10 30 before I'm getting in the shower myself. Lovely. Smelling oh, yeah. like a bum's nutsack. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, nobody wants to come anywhere near me, right? I'm trying to tuck my kids in. They're like, dad, get the fuck out of here. Like you smell, you smell terrible. Go take a shower. (laughs) Um, but it was late. I was worn out. And so like I get out of the shower and I go over to my bed and I do what I do. Like I, I, I watch Star Trek next generation. That's what I like to do at night. That's my thing. So I grew up on next generation. Picard was like my other father, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I want to watch next generation. And then I saw, on my nightstand, I saw this stack of books. Ah. Son of a bitch. You know, and then I start getting this conflicted higher self, lower self thing. And I'm like, well, do you want to just zone out on Netflix like you do yes. um, when you're really tired? Fuck yeah, yes. I'm tired. Absolutely, that's what I want to do. I've been solving problems. I earned this. Fuck yes. I just want to, I just want to, like, I, I just want to chill and just zonk out. And uh, there's, I have such a nostalgic um, peaceful connection with Star Trek Next Generation mm-hmm. from the time I was like six. I think I think season one came on when I was like six. Well, I find that very common in people. Everybody has has their it's like um like their favorite blanket. That, yeah, and we have everything streaming now. You yeah, have, you have your go to. This yeah, is totally. my zone out time. I've been thinking and working all day, and this is where I'm just gonna like talk to me, Picard. Go numb. Yeah. Tell me what to dream about. Yes. Yes. The whole crew, man. I yeah, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a member of that crew at heart for sure. The fucking Enterprise, um, and so it was really you know I was like, I just want to zone out, but you know I've had this thing about um, I've talked about it on here before, and you certainly know about it, but like this one push up policy, mm-hmm. right? I'm aware. And uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, who never heard me talk about this, which I have a lot, is you know I sat behind a desk for like 12, 13 years of my adult life and didn't do shit, right? 
work, work, work 12 hours a day, five, six, seven days a week. And that, that leads to a lot of problems and a lot of issues. And uh, I, um, about a year ago now, um, through a chain of connections I made with people who were in, inspiring to me in different ways, I decided to do something different with my life. And so I started getting healthy um, physically. I started paying attention to my physical health. And um, part of that was uh, was doing um, jiu-jitsu. Part of that was, was doing gymnastics. Part of that was going to the gym, doing all kinds of different things. And what I realized was uh, the hardest part of getting in shape for me was getting off the couch where I was comfy. Starting. Just starting. Starting is the hardest yes. part. Yes. You know what is. I mean? It always is. <sighs> no matter what you're trying to do, you know? You spend more time thinking about not doing something and why you shouldn't do it yep. than it would take the time to just do yeah, it. Just do it. So yep. what, what I realized was that the conversation I had in my mind was, Adam, go do one push-up. Just do one push-up, man. You know, and then and then the uh, the other part of my consciousness came in and said, "Dude, if you don't get the fuck up and go do one push-up, then you're lazy, and you don't deserve to be happy and healthy and 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 satisfied anyway." And you know, the other part of myself, the lazy part, couldn't really disagree with that. Like it was a really fair argument. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, oh, you know, you have a point there. You have a point. One push-up. Fuck you. I'll do. Yes, I'm stuffing, stuffing a, my my fourth <laughs> fucking Oreo in my mouth, uh, my fourth row of Oreos, um, and so I, uh, I I developed this one push up policy, and it was like, and I've told people about this, like just do one push up a day, because you can't win that argument in your mind. You can't justify the argument of why you're not doing a push up, and I don't give a fuck if you do it on your knees, on your head. I don't care how you do the push up. I don't care how many cheats just you get put down in. there. Just get down there and do it. You know. Do one push-up a day and you can change the course of your life because the, 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 your mental health is intricately woven into your physical health, right? Your anxiety, your depression, your self-confidence, your desire to make change, your ability to cope with the challenges that come at you. It's all wrapped up in your physical health and your mental health. It's all tied together. So my, my thing was like, just do one push-up a day because if you can sell yourself on doing the one push-up a day, you're going to get down there and you're going to do two, you're going to do five, you're going to do 10, you're going to do 20. And now I do a couple hundred push-ups a day and I don't even know. I do a couple hundred pull-ups a day. I don't know. Hey, doing handstands around the office. Yeah, I'm walking around, long. walking around the office. I'm doing fucking handstands and shit. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have thought to do this a while back. But it all started with one push-up a day. Fast forward to last night. So last night I decided that um, that one push-up a day thing didn't have to stop at one push-up because so, it didn't. It, you know, for me, it was one pull-up. It was one sit-up. But it also goes to one page. So Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One page. Read one page. You don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice Star Trek Next Generation for a book. That was the wrong perspective to have. Yeah, you're not going to read the book. Not to read the fucking... But I'll finish the episode. I'll finish the episode. Read one page. Read one page of a book. I can get behind this. You know what I mean? And so I I was I had that same conversation with myself I'd had before. If you are so fucking lazy and so uninterested in your intellectual exercise that you can't read one page, you deserve to be stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you just deserve to be unenlightened and dumb uh, and intellectually lazy. And so I um I picked up this book. Okay. This is this is called The Wisdom of the Shamans by Don Jose Ruiz. Um, who is, I forget what tribe, but it's a Mesoamerican tribe, the Aztecs or the Mayans or something like that. Um, and uh, 
he wrote this book. He, he's, he's awesome. And um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to read one page. But I read one paragraph. And I was like, holy shit. And I just flipped back to the beginning of the chapter. <laughs> I was like, I got to fucking, what's going so you on? So just, you just cold opened yeah. and read. Cold open. Well, I think my bookmark was in there somewhere. It had something to do with it. But yeah, whatever it was, I think my bookmark was there. I didn't remember what was going on there. Of course. And what's interesting is that like once I got into the story, like the story meant a lot more to me than it did last time because I wouldn't have put the fucking book down where I did if I, if I would have gotten the realizations then that I do now. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my point is one paragraph. One paragraph. All of this was very meaningful to me. And so it sparked this. I'm gonna share. I'm actually gonna share this. I was, you know, this is not not a thing or whatever. Um, I've got too much going on on my fucking home screen, but I want to show you guys. I I decided, and I, I'm big into this kind of stuff. I'm big into affirmations. I'm big into, you know, put your home screen of your phone onto a picture that's inspiring to you or something like that. I mean, I like my my unlock screen is like me and my kids, but like my lock screen, the shit that I see every time I pick up my phone, I want it to be something inspiring. So let's see if you guys can see this. All right, so what that says, it's a big flaming number one. And on top of the number one, it says one day, one page, one song, one step, one breath, one dance, one push-up. And to me, that's everything. Because just every day, just do read one page. Listen to one song, sing one song, write one song. Take one step. Take one one step in your jog, in your walk, and you know, in whatever it is. One step towards your goal, one step towards your passion. One breath of meditation, one breath of conscious breathing. Just step aside for one minute and just breathe one time, just one breath. And then one dance. We don't dance. We don't dance enough. We need to dance. We need to dance. We need to dance. It loosens you up. It gets that it gets that feminine energy energy going. Hundred percent does it. It does it does a million things. It unlocks just all these great it just you feel good. It's joy. To dance is joy and you have to put yourself in a place of joy. And it'll inevitably bring joy out of you. Joy is the enemy of stress. Stress is the biggest killer in the Any world. Any of these things. You take the first step. You do the first page. You do the you do just one motion into it. Inevitably, you'll do a second. Yeah, you can't help it. What are you going to do? You're you going to go dance for two seconds and stop? No. You're going to go do one push-up and stop? It's not going to happen. So this became a thing that I want to make a thing, you know? because it's It a, should be a thing. It's a thing in my life. One, just have the number one up somewhere. And then whatever your thing is, right? For me, it was one push-up. And that became, all of a sudden, I was doing one push-up, one pull-up, one sit-up. You know, that turned into going to jiu-jitsu and get my ass kicked three to two or three times a week. Yeah, this is a build for you. Yeah. With your, your fitness journey. And you're looking fit these days. But it, you didn't all of a sudden go to the gym Fuck. and go to jiu-jitsu no. and do all these things. This it started with one push-up. My whole lifestyle change started with one push-up, you know? And uh, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And it changed the, the lives of my kids and, and, and you know my whole family. So um, I wanted to share that with you guys. So that turned into one page, read one page. And then that opened up the wisdom of the shaman. So um, I've got this thing I'm going to start doing on here. And I'm not going to do it all the time, like every single episode every week. But I want to do it every once in a while. And I think that people who enjoy this podcast are going to appreciate this for what it is, right? Um, I'm going to take a few minutes. I'm going to read this chapter. It's not a long chapter, but it's a story. This is a, the story um, of the birth of Quetzalcoatl, and it is um, Ignite Your Imagination and Creativity. Awesome. You and I struggle with this. 
I think any any artistically minded person struggles with how do we get over creative blockages? You know, how do we how do we open up our imagination? Um, real problem. Where do you get the inspiration from? Yeah, you know, it's something you always you always battle with, and you know, we live in a world that's that's very left brained. We like we walk outside, like we work um, where we work. You look around, there's buildings everywhere, but they're all straight lines. They're boxes. It's very boxy. you know, I always kind of go back thinking of the old world with these big, beautiful cathedrals with all the sacred geometry built into them with stained glass windows. Everything was art. Everything you, was you, artistic. You were surrounded by. Yeah, you ever seen like some of these old mosques from, uh, you guys go Google um, Moorish mosques. Just Google Moorish mosque, M-O-O-R-I-S-H, mosque. And I know that the Moors and Islamic people, and the whole cultural overlap thing, but go look at it and just see the geometry of these beautiful buildings and people were just walking into these things and worshiping and being connected to divinity, whatever that means to you. Um, but it, 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 it inspires creativity. It brings it out of you. And we live in a world where that's all very shut down. And then on top of that, we've got politics and current events and all this stuff being blasted at us from every Distractions. Angle. Distractions, you know. And it's like what really blocks you from your creativity, there's like two things, man. It's distraction and fear, Right. Now, the enemy of distraction, this is important, so guys, take note of this. The enemy of distraction is mindfulness and presence. Yes. And how do you practice that? Yes. You practice mindfulness and presence through meditation and conscious breathing, right? That's the the two surest ways to practice mindfulness and presence is through meditation and conscious breathing. So just do that, and that's going to free up creative pathways and get that creative energy going again. The other problem you have is fear, right? Fear is stress, it's anxiety, it's all these things. A lot of that comes from distraction, but a lot of that is just, what are other people going to think? You know, what if they don't like it? What if this, what if I want to go put a song up on YouTube and people say mean things? You're afraid of what someone else thinks. You'll find when you're thinking that way, you're not breathing right either. Ooh, you're not. That's, dude, that's so true. Everybody out here can do this. If you have a car, or even if you ride the bus, or you take the train, when you're commuting and you're in traffic, that's when you can do your exercise. How am I breathing? When I'm frustrated and I'm in traffic and I'm, I'm stuck in gridlock, guaranteed I'm not focused on my breathing at all. Yeah. Take a step. You're stuck in the car. You're going to be there. Focus on your breathing and watch how much better getting caught at 5 o'clock traffic. Becomes. One breath. Starts with one breath. Mm-hmm. You know, one breath. That's such a good point. It's all connected. Everything is everything, right? These are the principles of correspondence. We talk about the the, the seven hermetic principles. Yes. Everything is everything. Um, everything is connected. As within, so without. Uh, if you're stressed, you're not breathing right. You're not breathing. And if you're not breathing right, you're not creating right. You know, it's all, it's a, it's, these are all spirals. Everything in your in your life says something about you, does something to you. Your breathing says something about you, and it does something to you. Yes, it does. You know, and what interrupts these spirals is mindfulness, right? So if you if you have problems with your, with your creativity, it's coming from fear or it's coming from distraction. Could be coming from not wearing enough blue. You need to open up your throat chakra. That could be a thing, you know. This story really hit me. Hit me from a lot of angles. Well, I haven't heard this. I'm excited. I know. This is going to be really cool to share this with you guys. So this is Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent. So Quetzalcoatl is a god of the Mesoamerican peoples. Um, he was called Kukulkan in some cultures. He was called uh, Viracocha in some cultures. He was called Quetzalcoatl. And I can't remember if it was like the Mayans and the Toltecs and 
all these different people. Let me see real quick who was called who, who called him who, whatever. Um, because I did want to share this with you guys. All right, so this is from Wikipedia. Um, and, and contrary to popular belief, by the way, I may, I may throw around the word shamanism a lot and stuff, but I'm not a fucking expert on these things, man. I don't pretend to be. How did I get somebody got butt hurt the other day because I used the the hashtag shaman? Ah, you know what I mean. You're no, you're no shaman. I'm not a fucking shaman. Yeah. You're way too white for that. <laughs> uh, look, I don't know, man. So I, I I will refer to Wikipedia shamelessly. You know, eat a bag of dicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the feathered serpent, which by the way, uh, the feathered serpent is, and we talked about this. Oh, uh, we had a Kundalini episode just. Two weeks ago, yeah. or was that last week? Um, I think it was the last one up. We talked about Q- the Kundalini and cube worship. Kundal- Kundalini and cube worship. So um, the yeah, I'll leave you guys go listen to that episode. We talked about what the feathered serpent is, but uh, Mesoamerican religions, um, Quetzalcoatl among the Aztecs. Okay, so the Aztecs called him Quetzalcoatl. Uh, the Maya called him Kukulkan, and um, he was Kukumats among some other people, and he was Keichi Maya. Um, he was also Viracocha. I think that was the Olmecs or something. But anyway, the god is the same. The god, the deity of uh, whom I and my kids, we refer to him as Quetzalcoatl, because you got to pick a fucking name <laughs> at yeah. some point, right? Like Zeus could be Jupiter, or it's Zeus. Thoth could be Hermes, or Mercury, or Thoth. It's all one and the same. Or Ningashizda. Or like Brahma, like there's like all these different religions that call him it. But it's the characteristics, the imagery. Um, now, it's all the same. But this is really important with, with Quetzalcoatl in particular, especially as it relates to this story. It's really important to understand the symbolism of Quetzalcoatl. He is the feathered serpent. And there's actually a pyramid at Teotihuacan in uh, Mexico that's called the, the Pyramid of the Feathered Serpent. Right, and there's actually this uh, huge, beautiful pyramid. Everyone's seen it. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm there's, familiar. yeah, yeah. There's a serpent that comes down the stairs. It's you know, a big stone serpent that goes 400 whatever feet, and th- it ends in this big plumed head of a serpent. And uh, interestingly enough, like on the the equinox or something like that, the sun hits it just right, and it makes this beautiful shadow of a. It looks like the serpent's moving down the of steps. Of course, it does. You know, um, what also is interesting is that uh, the name Quetzalcoatl, you know, if you break that up, Quetzal is actually a bird down in um, in the jungle in the Yucatan. It's actually this particular bird that makes a particular chirping noise, which I'm not going to make. Okay. I'm, I'm going to spare everyone um, that. But, I think we'd all, but you don't, yeah, don't do it. Nope. Not going to happen. Uh, Yeah, I don't want my inbox full of people bitching about me making fucking bird noises because it would happen. That is not how it sounds. That is not how it sounds, dick. (laughs) And you would get that. Yeah, I would totally get that. (laughs) Culturally appropriating the fucking wrong bird. Um, So I'm not going to do it. But uh, the the bird makes a specific chirp. What's really interesting is that if you go to the Pyramid of the Feathered Serpent and you clap in the courtyard... The acoustics of that pyramid are built in such a specific way that it chirps back at you in the sound of the Quetzal bird. Of course it does. Of course it does. Fucking genius. These guys were geniuses, right? They were they were astronomer geniuses. They understood. They were so in tune with the nature and the the animals and the jungle and the mythology of how this stuff worked. That you know they were able to do something insane like that. Build a a, a massive building 
that was astronomically aligned that made this big serpent thing on special days of the year and it also chirped back at you when you clapped at it, right? Our buildings are big fucking boxes. Mm-hmm. These guys were on top of their shit. So, Quetzalcoatl is the feathered serpent. If you look at Chinese mythology, the feathered serpent, the dragon, mm-hmm. right? All the dragons have the big plume serpent. It represents the Kundalini. And the Kundalini is a very special energy that starts at the root chakra at the base of our spine. It climbs and swirls up around our spine and goes all the way up to the crown chakra, which is associated with the sun, the Jesus, the Christ, the enlightenment, the sun of the solar system, Saturn being the root chakra, all that symbolism that is important to understand as we read this story. Okay. Okay, So the story is multifaceted. Are you ready? I'm excited about this. I'm really excited to share this with you guys. All right. So this is the birth of Quetzalcoatl. Ignite Your Imagination and Creativity. This is in The Wisdom of the Shamans by Don Jose Ruiz. All right, so here we go. Quetzalcoatl is the legendary feathered serpent of ancient ancient Mesoamerican origin. He was one of the most recognized figures of the ancient world as he appeared under various names and manifestations in many tribes of North and Central America. The name Quetzalcoatl is a combination of two Nahuatl words. Quetzal, a bird with large feathers, and Coatl, the snake. In this story... We're also also introduced to Tlaloc, the god of the rain, who was instrumental in the birth of Quetzalcoatl. One particular day, a long time ago, Tlaloc, the god of the rain, was sitting above a cloud, providing life-giving water to the earth below. Tlaloc looked down and saw a beautiful cave, one that snakes came in and out of to receive the life-nurturing water. But he saw that there was one little snake that wouldn't come out. The snake was afraid of the light. It was afraid of life. It preferred to stay in the darkness and the safety of this cave, and it was too scared to venture out. At first, Tlaloc did nothing but observe. He could see this little snake's fear growing bigger and bigger. The god of rain was moved. He felt love for the little snake. It was then that he said to himself, I want to do everything in my power to help this little snake come out of the darkness and into the light. So out of love for the little snake, the god of the rain made it He made it rain for days and days and days, and those days turned into weeks and months. With every inch of rainfall, more water came down into the cave, and it began to fill up. The other snakes all simply went outside, but the little snake had to keep climbing higher and higher inside the cave into darker and darker corners to stay out of the rain. He was afraid. And while Tlaloc could see the little snake's fear, he knew that it was only this suffering that would give the little snake the courage to come out of the cave. Finally, after many months of rain with no place left to go, the little snake had no other choice but to come out. Watching the little snake emerge from the cave, Tlaloc stopped the downpour and parted the clouds, and as he did, the sun began to shine through the, down to the earth below. The little snake was in awe, having never seen the light or the world outside of the little cave. He marveled at the world around him as he felt the warm heat of the sun. He looked up to the sky and he saw the most amazing thing, beautiful colored birds. The Quetzal birds were, fl- were flying all around him. He was mesmerized by their beauty and their ability to leave the earth and travel with such grace. Oh, to be a bird. But another snake slid next to the little snake and said, You love the bird, don't you? You want to fly like the bird, don't you? You want to be as beautiful as the bird, don't you? And the little snake nodded. The other snake hissed, Forget it! You're just a snake. You'll always be a snake. You were born to crawl. You'll never fly or be beautiful like the Quetzal birds. The little snake's spirit fell broken. Tlaloc was watching this, and he blew away all the clouds. And when he did, the sun shone more brightly than it had in two years. It was then that something very special happened. 
The little snake looked down into a pool of water left over from the rain, and through the power of the light of the sun, he saw his own reflection. And for the first time, he saw his own eyes. It was at that very moment that he recognized his true power. And with the blue sky reflecting behind his image in the water, the little snake said, I may not have wings, but I have the power of imagination. And with this imagination, I can fly with the beautiful Quetzal birds. I have imagination. And with imagination, I can break any barrier. I can break through the impossible because I believe in me. The God of the rain smiled at this because the little snake had finally understood his real power and was no longer afraid of the light. Moved by the little snake's journey into his own power, Tlaloc decided to help him more. He blew the little snake up into the air, and he continued to blow until the little snake was even higher than the birds. As the little snake flew, the snake felt more alive than he ever had before. The little snake was not even afraid when he flew close to the sun. He knew that the light of the sun was the same light that was inside of his own self, which he used to be afraid of. Now that he was so high and close to the sun, the light was like a magnet. And the little snake flew right into the sun, and they became one. And at that moment, it produced a total eclipse. From something, then something came out of the sun. But this being that emerged was no longer a little snake afraid of life, but instead the great feathered serpent, Quetzalcoatl. He no longer needed the god of rain to blow on him to make him fly. He had harnessed the power of his imagination and transformed himself into something greater than he was before by using his imagination and believing in his own power. Quetzalcoatl emerged out of the sun and flew around the world, feeling the beauty, feeling the freedom of life and of love. And as he looked down, he saw the cave where he had spent his whole life, and he thought about the other beings in the world that were suffering like he once did. They did not know their true power, and he wanted to be of service to them. And as he flew, he saw the great city of pyramids, Teotihuacan. He landed in what is now called the Plaza of Hell, and he said, this is where I will build my temple, the Pyramid of the Feathered Serpent, because I want to bring heaven to hell. I will take heaven with me to any of my brothers and sisters who will find themselves in hell. That is who I am here to help. Wow. That's impressive. So this is a story of, of the power that we have inside of us. The power that we have, you can look at this from the Kundalini side. You can look at this from, you know, just just our, our, our own unrecognized creative potential that we have. But to me, I think it's important to understand the imagery of the Kundalini in this story. Mm. Because really, that's where I think the full impact of the story makes sense. Which is the snake rising up to the sun, right? And becoming the feathered serpent and realizing that the power of sun of the sun resides in us. Right. Uh, and then that's a fire that we can then go share with the rest of humanity. What I think was interesting, though, and what really this whole episode kind of came together over breakfast. Yes. Um, what's interesting here is, is that he the story turned a corner when he saw his reflection. Yeah, I picked up on that. Yeah, I see where you I see where you're headed with this. I, I see, see where I'm going. Right. So this uh, today's story is about mirrors. This episode is about mirrors. Right. And um, there's a lot of different ways to look at mirrors, a lot of different things to think about with mirrors. Um, but I thought it was interesting because we spent a lot of time this morning talking about uh, different meanings of mirrors. But this is this is uh, seeing your reflection mm-hmm. and seeing power in your reflection, and then growing out of that. Yeah, this was this was um, 
the opposite yep. of what I think a lot of people have because we're so used to our reflections. Yeah. It's, it's not a new thing. Yeah. And this is what we were getting at earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, th this morning as we were kind of putting this episode together and we had a couple of, um, you know, uh, ideas that we wanted to come together. We had no idea this, this whole episode happened, uh, over breakfast, over breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's this idea that we, we have become really, uh, we, we've developed toxic relationships with the mirror. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd spent, uh, I'd spent a good amount of time, uh, avoiding the mirror. Yeah. You know, actively not participating in an experiment, but just, I, 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 I wasn't focused. I, I was in a, uh, a time and a place in my life where I wasn't getting up and getting ready. I wasn't worried about, I was working from home for yeah. like an entire year, you know, so just getting up and going about my day. And I had, uh, spent an entire beautiful day, right? Had a wonderful, productive work day. I was interacting with my wife and kid. Uh, and then I went in to go to the restroom and I saw my reflection and I forget exactly what was going on aesthetically on my face. Maybe a pimple. Uh, maybe my hair was just a total mess. And hadn't, I just looked, you know, hadn't combed your hair in two weeks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there was something and I saw it and I went, oh, and it made me unhappy. Like, it made me cringe. And I went, I wish I would have never saw that because now that's all I'm thinking about you know yeah. oh, it made me oh man oh my goodness i went around like this all day with this thing staring back at everybody and nobody said anything and then that's when the idea came to me that you know mirror is a tool and a useful one but when you really start to think about it it's more part of our lives than we ever imagined it's the first thing you what's the first thing you do when you get up you go look in the mirror you brush your teeth you comb your hair you make yeah. sure you look good like and that's what i do yeah most you know? people, most people would have a ritual in the bathroom of going to the restroom, brushing their teeth, combing their hair, something along those lines. So you yeah. start your day looking at this reflection, and then you also do a similar routine at the end of your day. So a mirror is a big part of your life. It's like a bookend for your day. Yes, exactly. So what I discovered was this toxic relationship that most people, without knowing it, have with the mirror. It's become this hypnotic thing where you, you, you have to reflect a certain image to yourself in the mirror before you can feel good or, 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 you know, leave the house. You know, my wife does her makeup every morning in the mirror. She spends all this time in the it's mirror. It's that thing that you're seeking approval from. Yes. Yeah. Which is really, you know, yourself, we some talk, version of yourself that you're seeking approval from. Exactly. You, you, for some reason, knowing exactly what you're looking like when you walk out the door, gives you a boost of confidence or, self-doubt or a self-esteem problem but if the mirror wasn't a part of our lives and our rituals like that would it be that big a part of our psyche when we walked around all day yeah well yeah we talked about this earlier like uh would like a caveman obviously they didn't have they didn't have a, a mirror no mirrors they didn't have it um and you made the comment that uh you might see a reflection in still water mm -hmm. Whew, and that hit me hard because my you know my brain of thinking of how all those different things the symbolism and the metaphor that could be you know, you only got to see your your own reflection when the water was still. When it was calm. You see your true reflection when the waters are still. You know, what is what does that mean? But that's a natural. That's a that's an axiom. That's a that's a natural truth. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in the natural world, where else do you see your reflection but still water? You know, and you go to the water to drink. You know, but and how often is water glass? How often still? is it glass? Still, so you're always seeing some 
distorted reflection when you're seeing yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's never been more true than now because now you have the ability to see a clear material reflection of yourself anytime you walk into your bathroom. Anytime you want, any time of the day because we all walk around with that black mirror in That's our unnatural. That's unnatural. It's not natural, but we have the black mirror in our mm -hmm. pocket too. And so I wanted to dig into what we were looking at earlier because there's a, there's a whole esoteric sort of understanding of what a mirror is. So there's, you know, hundreds of ideas about what a mirror is in different cultures and stuff like that because it's, it's totally different than what we think about today with the mirror. We're just like, oh, it's just a way to check our fucking makeup. But it's not. Okay, uh, since ancient times, and this is from super um, mainstream uh, website here called Occultopedia. Occultopedia? Occultopedia, yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody references Occultopedia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> since ancient times, mirrors, as well as all smooth reflective surfaces, have been used for divination, magic, and repelling evil. They also have been greatly feared for their power to steal the soul. So, boom! Can we can we get so vain and so wrapped up in our own image and wrapped up in the cultural expectations that we're trying to fulfill with our image that the mirror begins to steal our soul? Yes, yes. What and what else could that mean? I it, mean, that's a perfect it, it explanation. Takes, it takes so much of our our um, identity of who we feel we are, and we take all that and we throw it out, right? Because we're too worried about what people are going to think when they see us, right? Yeah. So. You've now taken your self-identity of how you feel, how you're feeling. You know, I feel great, but I'm having a really bad, you know, hair day. Yeah. Or this haircut's not the, the same haircut as everybody else. And you're walking around. The last thing you see before you leave the house, you know, is your reflection and your self-image. And you you wear that. Uh, we talked about, you know, there's nothing worse when you were in high school and you had like a, what we call down here in Texas. I don't know if this is a universal term, but a cow lick. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I wonder if that's a universal term. I don't know, but we call it cow lick. But basically it's where your hair sticks up. fixing your hair. But you got this one piece that no matter how much gel you can put <laughs> in your hair to make it spiky, you got that one just wonky piece that, you know, nobody might notice at all. But you walk around knowing that it's there as soon as you leave the house and you're like, everybody's looking at this thing that I couldn't fix. And you. You become self-conscious. All yeah. of a sudden it starts to bother you. You have acne and you're aware of it and you see it and you go, everybody's looking at my acne because you're looking at it. That's where you're focusing your thought and attention. I think people get caught up in that more than they should. So this goes back to what we talk about a lot of times here is like, is are your cal are, are your values calibrated in the right way? Are they anchored in the right way? Yes. You know? And um, if, you're, if you're so wrapped up in a cowlick or does this shirt match my pants, you're standing in front of the mirror, turning around 15 different ways, and you're going back to the closet to go pull out 10 different shirts. And, you know, at what at what point does, like, managing your self-image and having, like, proper self-love and self-respect and all those kinds of things, does that become vanity? I think that that's one of those, one of those, um, those tight ropes that we walk as human beings. Because I can speak from personal experience, um, and I know that you, know, you being in the military, you had a, an interesting experience, too, mm -hmm. with just being issued a uniform and all yeah. that stuff. Um, you know, for a lot of years, uh, and even to some extent now, you know, this is sort of the line that I walk. Like, I've got like six pairs of cargo pants I wear all winter long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, six or seven different colors of, of fucking, you know, like uh, T-shirts or... It's all the what, same shirt. It's all the same shirt. And I literally ordered like six or seven pairs of cargo pants in different colors on Amazon. Just same product. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but they're functional. I've got like some black 
combat boots that I wear with them, and I've got a vest, and I've got. <laughs> well, there's a threshold that you that you reach at whatever point in your life, and some people never get there. But I, I have I have achieved uh, uh, what I feel like is a breakthrough in not identifying myself as my image, my yeah, physical yeah. image, you know. And eventually, you break out of like um, um, I have to look a certain way to be so that when people see me, they I'm presented in the way that I want to be seen versus just being that person. Yeah. And then yeah. that 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 will come out, you know, mm. who you are at your core will come out in the way that you behave and act and not how you look. Right. But vanity, especially, you know, being an American and a teenager in your early 20s, you got to have that good look. You got to you, you go in for certain things. You're always dressed. You're always worried about how you're perceived. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just a toxic, toxic thing. Yeah. 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 Are, are, are we? I think maybe the problem is we're not taking stock of like what are we trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. who who are we? It's just, it's it's the self identity problem. Who the fuck am I? Exactly. You know who exactly. am I trying to be? You and that's, know that's how you get to that milestone is one eventually through work. It's it takes work, but you you own who you are. You realize who yeah. you are, and you make peace with who you are. And it doesn't matter who you are to other people because yep. you're comfortable and you're happy and you love yourself. It's yeah, self love. And then all of a sudden, doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks. Doesn't That's matter. It. Doesn't matter. And you don't care, and they might care. But what you find out is the less you give a shit, the less other people will give a shit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they go, that guy doesn't give a shit. Why am I, I, I could judge him on that, but he doesn't give a shit. Well, people are attracted. We, we, again, we say this all the time. Authenticity is magnetic, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a world of, of just fakeness everywhere authenticity is magnetic and people are drawn to that and again it's kind of cool uh, of all the things that we ended up making this episode about i got up this morning i saw one post on instagram from our good friend david halsey lone star grappler on instagram shout out to david shout out to david my fucking brother man um and he's just man he's always got good shit on his instagram story He's a cup of coffee in the morning and gets you going with his stories. It's just motivational, beautiful stuff. Yeah, 100%. And so this morning, one of the things that he said that was like super uh, relevant to this, I'm sorry this is taking a minute. I thought I had it screenshotted, but I guess I didn't. I need to do better about this. <laughs> it's hard to pull out your phone in the middle of all this stuff and make sense of it. Uh, okay, here we go. Doot, doot, doot. All right, be you, the world will adjust. Absolutely true. Hundred and fifty. I mean, he did it, His picture has like a cute little campfire and stuff, so it's like better. <laughs> you know, it's it's like all of, all of that for that. But, but that's, that's what be we were you. discussing. We, we, the world will adjust. You find that out when you start being you. Yeah, be you. The world will adjust, and there's just all kinds of things we could say about authenticity, about being your authentic self. You know, uh, authenticity is magnetic. Be you. The world will adjust. You know, um, the more. Uh, the more you begin to know yourself, the more unbearable it becomes to be someone else, right? Mm-hmm. But these are really all stories of the mirror, stories of our relationship with the mirror. What's the Greek mythology? Uh, Narcissus. 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 So beautiful. He wasn't ever, he, they, they had to try his whole life to never let him see his own reflection. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Because he, and he ended up falling in love with himself, the story of Narcissus. Um, and there's, dude, there's just infinite stories about it. Uh, and if you if you really look at like what goes into the mirror, like all the different mythologies of it, like I, I'm a big believer that like 
you know, the Bible is the Bible. It may not be true, you know, but like there's truth there's in it. Truth all there's throughout. truth in it, even in the parables, the allegories, and, and the the threads that weave the stories together, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, it's not objectively true. Um, backed by universal truths. Backed by universal truths. If you know how to read it, it's an esoteric book. Um, but that's true of every holy book, and it's true of every mythology and every belief set out there. And so what I really like to do is is actually go and read um, all of it as much as I can. And then whenever you and then when your third eye gets really going, you can start reading the common threads between all of this stuff. So like divination with mirrors is called crystalmancy and a bunch of other things. In the West, magic mirrors were particularly popular from the Middle Ages to the 19th century. They were used by all classes of society, but especially by magicians, witches, sorcerers, and cunning men and women. Um, they go on to talk about it's it's a, in a barely known method of mirror gazing. Steam can also provide divinatory responses. This requires the mirror to be hung on the wall with a low table placed before it. They put steam on it. Um, John D. Um, the famous John D, the royal magician. John D. John D. Dr. John D, the royal magician to Queen Elizabeth I, used a crystal egg and a black obsidian mirror for divination. Pythagoras, one of my all-time heroes, was said to have a magic mirror that he held up to the moon to see the future in it. Uh, I could br- I could do a whole fucking episode just on the symbolism in that one statement, that one concept. Um, and they're useful. They're tools. They're, yeah. they're, they're useful. I mean... It's telescopes. It's it's binoculars. It's it's all these different things that they serve a purpose. But everybody's got different size mirrors hanging up all over their house. And what I feel like has happened over time is the opposite of a useful tool, and it's become you're, you're almost enslaved to it. You know, all of a sudden you're trapped by that image in the mirror, and you're you're held holding yourself accountable for the reflection of yourself that you're seeing when you really shouldn't walk around and do that. Yeah, you know, in superstition, uh, you break a mirror. Seven years back, bad, bad luck, luck or whatever. No, I mean, I don't don't go home and break your mirror, but yeah. it's not. It's it may be one of those backwards ass things, like so many other things. You know, maybe breaking the mirror is not the bad luck. Maybe that's you know, maybe there's there's some messaging in that that's subliminal to uh, to make you value the reflection of the mirror way more than you should. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe getting rid of that mirror, break the mirror, break the fucking <laughs> mirror. Yeah, shatter that bitch. First off, superstitions. If I just don't, you you own a black cat. Yeah, yeah, I seem, do. Seem like you got pretty good fortune. So, but this is kind of a, okay. Good point. Black cat, same thing. This is one of those things where I do believe that there are a lot of myths and a lot of things that are literally backwards. Mm-hmm. I, I think the serpent in the Garden of Eden is a good thing. I yeah. do. You know, uh, I think that uh, maybe the mirror thing. There's a thing to it. The black cats. We know that those are considered bad luck universally yeah, ooh, ooh. nowadays or, or or in you know um you know more recent times but that came out of the witch hunts which was like the most evil fucked up human rights situation you know of the last 300 the years in human history yeah, yeah um but every other culture before that considered black cats to be good luck you know that was like they were worshipped in a lot of the most advanced cultures before so that's exactly my point. Yeah. Don't break a mirror. It's bad luck. Maybe it's the other way around. Yeah. Maybe there's symbolism in breaking the mirror. I worked in construction way too long to know that you can walk under a ladder. You just, <laughs> you'll be just fine. You're still doing all yeah, right. You, you'll make it. So, yeah, I, I I think back to that. Like, how did that become a thing? Well, now now we're coveting the mirror. You know, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what this whole thing is about. It's just 
what's your relationship with your self-image and how does that affect you? What kind of power do you give the mirror? Exactly. You know, because it's like uh, the black mirror of your phone, you know? Uh, what, what kind of power do you give it, you know? Because the mirror is going to show you the reflection that your shadow self wants to see mm-hmm. or expects to see, right? So if you want to see this, like, beautiful, gorgeous, perfect Barbie doll image, you know, if you're if you're a, a woman or whatever, or girl, young girl, if God forbid, you don't see that image. You're going to modify yourself until you do, mm-hmm. whether that's through extensive makeup or the way that you dress, the way that you posture yourself and stick your ass out or whatever it is, mm-hmm. plastic surgery at a point, you know. And guys, too, you're flexing, you're trying to, you want that, that body image, that thing yeah. you see on TV. Not everybody's Brad Pitt, yeah, yeah. right? And you might not be. And you might work out all the time and you're not achieving an eight pack. Are you beating yourself up though? Like, yeah. and is that worth the time? And Where energy? are those values being calibrated? Yeah. Are they coming from external, an external drive to be the best version of yourself in a balanced way? Or are they coming from some cultural image that you're trying to fulfill? Yeah. And it, where's the vanity line drawn? Where's the, where's the line, right? Exactly. It's, it's always the fucking line. It's like always, you know, being overly vain, uh, is a problem on one, one side or, or just, proper self-love mm-hmm. you know where's where do we draw that line i don't know as an as an uh, uh, uh overly concerned about this human being for so many years of my life i've gotten to a place where it does not matter yeah to me at all and i'm probably too far in the opposite because i probably give a little bit more of a shit <laughs> you know than i do but but you're really close to action though yes <laughs> just a, i'm just, just a this close to doing something about it yeah but it's finding a relationship yeah. and a balance in that relationship with, yeah, you should really be concerned about how you appear because, I mean, there's physical and health things that come into that. But if you're not achieving some standard that you set for yourself and then that's affecting how you're walking out of your house and how you act during your day and how you view yourself and, and you're carrying that stigma with you, it's not good. It's yeah. not good. And then you need to reevaluate that. Maybe stop worrying about how you look in the mirror so much. Yeah. Maybe try an experiment where you don't care. Well, you're you're here's the thing is that the mirror is is a is the purest reflection of yourself that you're gonna find. Right? But but everything is a mirror, really. Oh, we talk your, about it all the time. Yeah, your relationship with your kids is a mirror, your relationship with your significant other is is a mirror. Things that piss you off about other people? Definitely a mirror. A mirror. Uh, totally a fucking mirror. Um, and but but a mirror itself, an actual like reflective shiny surface, is like the purest because a mirror doesn't have its own personality. A mirror doesn't have any attitude to give you. It doesn't you know unless it's a colored mirror and has some whatever. Or some of the mirrors you know have like the funhouse mirrors mm-hmm. might make you look fatter or skinnier, Tall, taller. Short, fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that in itself is sort of an allegory for the relationships in our lives. So imagine that. Let that blow your mind. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Maybe some of us. Every every relationship is a mirror, and everything in your life, every relationship does something to you, and it says something about you. It's a spiraling thing. Mm-hmm. So how many relationships do you have in your life that are making you look fatter, taller, skinnier, happier, sadder, worse, meaner, nicer, right? We go... We go Ooh, I like this. Think about that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we've said before that, like, you, you, um, you know, your friends and stuff like that, you love people who make you love yourself when you're with them. Yes. You know, people who 
have that give you that reflection of self that you want to see. That's a that's a fucking mirroring relationship if there ever was one. It's exactly a, what it's it exactly is. what that is. Every relationship in your life is a mirror, and everything says something about you and does something to you. So we just need to be mindful of what we see when we look in the mirror, and be mindful of of the reality that every relationship that we have is itself a mirror, mm-hmm. and that some mirrors are very clear, some are very distorted, and we need to be careful not to feed into those ones that, you know, it's like oh that mirror makes me look really skinny, so therefore I'm I'm skinny. Well, you know, if you're 700 pounds and you're morbidly obese and you're unhealthy and, you know, you want to stick around for, you know, long enough to see your kids graduate high school, going through life thinking that you're skinny is not a good thing. Not going to get you there. Not going to get you where you want to be. And so having relationships in your life that make you feel like everything's okay and everything's good, that's that's not where you want to be, right? Um, But then obsessing about the wrong things when you're staring into that mirror having a critical, toxic relationship with a person who's never pleased, who's never happy. You can never be good enough or giving enough or kind enough or whatever. These are all mirror reflections because the only reason you stick around in a toxic relationship, by the way, guys, if you haven't picked up on this by now, we're not just talking about fucking mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's more to it than that. These, this is, these are allegories for relationships because um, everything is everything. Mm-hmm. And you can take this information, this, this, uh, this wisdom, this understanding, you can apply this in all these different ways. But, you know, this is really the reason why people stick in toxic relationships mm-hmm. is that there's something missing in me and this this mirror is giving me it's filling those gaps it's it's uh it's feeding it's filling up those holes that I've got mm-hmm. and or the opposite or the opposite it's creating holes mm, yep it's causing problems yep. try this exercise the next time you look in the mirror and you get frustrated with the reflection that you see stop ask yourself Damn, would this have bothered me at all if I wouldn't have looked into that mirror? Yeah, that's good. Would it have even been on my radar? Would it even been a problem for me? No, it wouldn't have. So now you can identify an unhealthy relationship. And whatever mirror you're, t- you're looking into, whether it be a relationship, whether it be another uh, person in a, a relationship with something in your life or the actual reflection of yourself in your bathroom mirror, if I wouldn't have seen that, if I wouldn't have engaged in this activity of looking into that mirror, would, would, would I be frustrated right now? No, it would have been non-important in my life. I would have pressed on without this emotion that is a negative emotion. Mm. That's where the problem lies. Yeah. You have, to, you have to be conscious in that moment, and then you can recognize. And once you can recognize and become aware in that moment, now you can start taking the steps that you need to take to deal with that in a healthy, appropriate way and find that balance in that relationship. It's all a mirror, man. It's all a mirror, you know. You're so we're surrounded by mirrors in life. Every relationship is a mirror, mm-hmm. and every relationship says something about you and does something to you. Be aware of it. Don't give those things too much value, you know. It's like I, I want to surround myself with people that uh, that I want to live up to their expectations because I I, I want I don't want to disappoint my my people, you know. I don't want to be living to chase someone's approval. I want to. I want to. No, 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 no. Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to be surrounded by good enough people that I want to live up to their expectations and make them proud. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting nuance to understand, you know. But it, again, it's just a mirror. If I if I surround myself with wonderful people, you know, good, positive, uplifting, insightful people, and uh, and they respect me when I am being my best authentic self with all my flaws 
and all of my you know my insecurities and all of my bullshit. But if if I'm if if the people that I'm surrounded by are, are, are good people and they love me for who I am, that reflection on me is fucking tremendous. That's a great place to be living in, mm-hmm. you know. But I've also lived in a previous life in a way where I was surrounded by people that I wanted to impress and I wanted to be part of that life, you know. And then you—that's when your your values are fucked, and you're just the calibration's way off. I abide by you are a lot of as a person the five closest people that you associate oh, with. Yeah, hope, you totally. are the people yeah, that yeah. you keep. You yeah, are you the become the yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you come it goes like back the to five. Brit and Chris had the wonderful seven and above. Oh yeah, shout out to Brit and Chris Carmichael. Yeah, hey yeah, guys, love them. Um, it's the seven and above rule. It's it's you are the people you surround yourself with, and if they're toxic. And you're not getting that that relationship of building up and mutual understanding and respect, and they don't help you grow as a person. Then you 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 kind of become that. You take on those toxic traits. You yeah, know? you do. It's it's inevitable because we're all walking around with this magnetic field of energy, this Taurus field that we walk, and you will pull people into it. And then certain people will come in and disrupt your Taurus field yeah. and cause friction in there. You're going to so the you know the heart. The heart creates this really powerful Taurus field of energy, and uh, we talk about it a lot, but it drags people in. You will drag people of a similar vibration into your zone. They will come like magnets. Yeah. Yep. Authenticity is magnetic, right? You're going to drag that in, um, especially when you're authentic, right? Which is interesting because you kind of got to be careful of certain things with that. Um, But if you're putting out a bullshit vibe and you're doing a good job of faking it, you're going to really do a great job of pulling in bullshit people. I've been there too. Yep. I used to attract a lot of friends, man. And it was like, oh man, I'm really popular. This guy likes me. This person likes me. She likes me. He likes me. It's like, oh man, I'm so popular. Well, it's like I was really good at living in a bullshit space. It's hollow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you just put out this hollow vibe and you attract people with the same hollow vibe and it's just chasing superficial fulfillment in life and chasing these cultural expectations and um materialism all 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 of that but you know over the last you know four years or so of just sort of going a whole different direction in my life i've shed all of that and i've attracted and reconnected with so many people that are just tremendous people we were at breakfast this morning right (laughs) yeah yeah just just at, at breakfast fucking stuff in our faces like some total fat shits and um, you'd never been to this place before. Nope. It's like my favorite breakfast place. So I finally got you out there. And so we have the, we just ordered everything. We just had the whole fucking floor, um, the whole table covered in things. Plates everywhere. Yeah, plates yeah. everywhere. And there's like this really sweet, outgoing, authentic lady just fucking walks up out of nowhere. And she's like, oh, my God, that looks so good. What's going on? And like we just sat there and had this great conversation with her. And she's like, well, I'm going to just come pull a chair up and sit down and eat with you guys. And we just made this awesome connection with this person. Mm-hmm. But I'm convinced there's no explaining why she stopped at our table other than the fact that our hearts were sitting there radiating. We were having a great conversation. We were energetic. You know, we were just pumping this out. And she literally walked around the corner, saw us, and just dove right into Came it. Came right up. Just yeah. dove in. This is, um, that was a mirror. Mm-hmm. She was a mirror for us. This was the energy that we were putting out. So if if you're attracting uh, shitty people in your life, as which is some uh, that, that, that's a that's a circumstance I can totally relate with. By the way, I, yeah. sympathize. I think most people can. Yeah. I think we all can. <laughs> yeah, to, to yeah. Agree. Uh, this is a this is this is a mirror. This I'm talking into a mirror here. But if you're if you're attracting that, 
um, just consider what the fuck are you doing in life, right? Maybe it's not all the rest of the world doing this to you. Maybe there's a vibe that you're putting out. Maybe you're not being a shitty person, but maybe you're looking for shitty people. Maybe your subconscious is putting that out. You know, you just have a really shitty outlook or attitude. Yes. Right. That, that, those, those vibes that you're putting out, it's like what you, um, what you expect. We were talking with Robert about, uh, you know, if you're skiing and you don't want to hit the tree and you don't want to hit the tree, you don't want to hit the tree, tree. you don't want to hit the, bam, you hit the fucking tree. You know, we go through life like that. It's like, you know, you see a lot of these posts, you know, especially like uh, dating people, you know, um, that are like, oh, all women are, 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 are shit. All guys are shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like people are out dating. I don't I'm not in that game, but people out there actively pursuing a mate, you know, and they're going out with this attitude. I'm going to go on a date. Probably going to be a shitty date. Probably a bunch of shitty guys out there, a bunch of shitty women out there. And you put that out, and then you wonder why there's this disharmonic, there's there's this dissonance whenever you go out on this date, and the vibes just aren't clicking. Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes from. But if you just get into your authentic, and just nestle into your authentic fucking place, figure out who you are, identify, you know, whether it's an archetype that you want to vibe as, it's the, the role that you want to play in life, because we all play roles. Realize it or not, everything that you do is is your costume. You know your way of thinking, the way you deliver your lines. It's a role. Um, what role do you want to play? You know, do you want to be the playboy with the nice watch and the nice shoes, and the nice car, and then fucking vibe in that place and attract the people that want to be around that? You can do that. You can totally fucking do that. Go for it. And you, and you That's can. What you, want. you can do well at that. We had dinner with uh, with a friend of ours the other night. Told you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I won't say his name, but he's a good friend, and you know maybe he'll come on the podcast too because I'd love to have him on. But he uh, was, you know, he's like twenty five. He's like a hot shot finance guy. Went to, went to school for finance. Okay, makes damn good money. Lives in uptown. Got a got a sick place. Um, you know all this stuff, and he's realizing that that is not the way. Ah. He's realizing the fakeness of that whole universe. And then he's been out with Uncle Tim and Aunt Linda up in, up in uh, Connecticut. Getting some medicine. Getting the medicine, you know, up there hanging out with Paul Isaac and Will Evans and going, I'm in the wrong fucking place. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a dose of the medicine. And um, he goes up there, I guess, like um, uh, one week out of the year or something like that and, and hangs out with the family up there. And, uh, you know, y- you just go up with these authentic people that don't give a fuck what job you have, what uh, how much money you make, what kind of car you drive. And and then you go back to your job in the finance business and, you know, your really ritzy apartment, which I'm not dissing on it, having him having a nice place because that's your castle. I get that. Mm-hmm. But all of the, the trappings that come with that, he's just like, man, I don't, I don't, this is not who I want to be. You know, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to have these values because it's, again, it's a relationship and everything says something about you, does something to you. And, um, you know, that is, a realization that I see more and more people making um, is, and that's part of the product of doing this show too, is like we have these conversations with people, dozens and dozens and dozens of people all the time, every week that reach out and they're like, man, I didn't know any other way to do it. Mm-hmm. Fuck man. I get it. Me too. Yeah. You know, I didn't even know I have a podcast like this. I had to go a whole, <laughs> a whole different route and bang my head against the wall for, you know, 15 years as an adult doing a bunch of shit that I didn't want to do before I finally figured it out. 
Yeah. There's a different way. There's always a different way. Different and, way to and, go. And and for a lot of people out there, I know that this is a very common thing is anxiety, right? Yeah. Social anxiety. Yeah. Being anxious about going and doing certain things, right? Because in an anxious mind, you go, well, I'm going to have a panic attack if I go there, right? Yeah. Gonna, if, I go, if I go, just inevitably, I'm going to have a panic attack and it's going to ruin my thing. Well, you're creating that, right? And so the mere reflection of what you're getting on the other side is you inevitably have a panic attack. Yeah, it's you, a spiral. And it starts with you feeling like you need to fulfill a certain expectation mm-hmm. when you get there, right? When's the last time you walked into, you know, a house with three or four of your very best friends, you know, and just had a panic attack? Just does, doesn't happen. Doesn't normally happen. Doesn't happen because there's no expectation there. There's no fraudulence. You're not trying to be a thing, you know. But like you say, you're going to this place. You're going to this thing, this event. Oh, as somebody who suffered from crippling anxiety for many, many years, that was exactly what it was. As I was creating that, yeah, I was. I knew what was going to happen before I even gave whatever was going to happen a chance <laughs> to happen. You know, I just knew it wasn't going to work out for me, right? Uh, and so the anxiety all the way up into the thing, and then I confirmed all of my suspicions by having anxiety while I was there. But I never gave myself the opportunity to not have it. Yeah. I, 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 I knew internally what was going to happen. And the reflection of that was exactly what I had created here. Yeah. I didn't give myself a chance. And I, I, I figured out, and that's how I helped with my, my getting rid of my anxiety and stuff was, well, I was assuming that it was going to happen. And then I would get anxiety about if it could possibly happen. And then potentially having anxiety was causing anxiety. And so thanks to again, the mirror. Yeah. Recognition. You look yeah. in that mirror and you see that and you don't like it recognize that why don't you like it change yeah. that relationship change um, that cycle one of my favorite bands of all time is called rise against mm-hmm. you know they're a punk rock band and um they have an album called the sufferer and the witness the sufferer and the witness and i've thought about that when i was in certain altered states of consciousness that i became the sufferer and the witness you know um what i in this moment now i'm seeing is staring into the mirror the sufferer and the witness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this is that mirror reflection of, I'm not good enough. No, you're not good enough. I'm seeing what you are. You're not good enough. And wh- who's the sufferer? Who's the witness there? Mm-hmm. You know, is it you or is it the reflection? But there is this sort of this duality that exists within us. There's this mirror at the at the core of our consciousness. I've seen it. A lot of people have talked about it, written songs about it. You know, it's a very psychedelic concept to understand, but there's a mirror there. It's like, you ever stood like in my bathroom? We have a mirror on both sides, Mm -hmm. you know? Caught in the infinity. Caught in the infinite mirror loop that is, that is consciousness. That's what it is. And you can sit there and get into those negative spirals. But at the end of the day, if you're anchored and calibrated properly right in the middle of it, then all your relationship with yourself is going to spiral out into all your other relationships and shit's going to be a lot easier and a lot more harmonic. And I'm at a point in life now, dude, I'm fucking far from perfect, right? All kinds of problems like anybody else. But my relationship with myself is at least better than it's ever been. Here, here. You know what I mean? And now I can look in the mirror. I can look in the mirror for the first time ever, like, and really, like when I look in the mirror, it's it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I've got my shit together care enough about my appearance to, you know, to be proud of what I see in the mirror. Um, but I'm not obsessed with it enough to the point where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, that I'm, my value is determined by what I'm seeing in the reflection of it. Um, I look in the mirror and I can smile, you know, 
and that's that's a cool that's a cool place to be it's a nice spot to operate from yeah give a shit about yourself take yourself seriously but not too seriously don't let it get in your way don't let it get in your don't don't get in your own way you know we got to be more more playful with ourselves we got to be more forgiving of ourselves playfulness for me big you know thing i'm trying to work on we talked about this earlier dancing with your kids yes you know just getting be, being willing especially as a grown man to dance to move to be goofy be uncomfortable. you know i scared my kid last night i was playing with him i put on a halloween mask he fucking got terrified started screaming and crying and i felt like the worst fucking person in the world <laughs> that will god but that's me being a fucking caveman trying to play with my kids and terrify them mm-hmm. but we jump on the trampoline together i don't always make our kids cry when i play with them <laughs> Hopefully not. God. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know how much how much more I have to offer this conversation, guys, but just the think of, as w- with any episode we do, like, uh, you know, personally here kind of is like the guy doing the talking and thinking and having JC um, trying to make sense of my bullshit when it comes out of my mouth. Like, the reality here is that we're just here to talk and bring out ideas, and then you guys go run with it. Yes. You know? This mirror, this whole mirror conversation is not about the words that we're, you know, this is, it doesn't start and end with this it's conversation. It's a way about, it's a way of thinking about literally everything. Yeah. Or anything. We don't, yeah, this is, this is not the totality. And I think sometimes, like, I personally, just here on this show, I get caught up trying to make the message for you guys to, to package it and deliver it and give it all to you. A nice little bow. Nice little bow. I mean, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work like that when you're talking about issues of consciousness and reality and self-reflection and, you know, embodying, you know, the person that you want to be and all the complexities and differences and variables that a human being can exhibit. Like, We're all too very different in our different. relationships with everything and are all different. So there's really no one way for any of these things we talk about no. to work for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to find their own way and their own path. And I feel like... This is just a great outline, and, and there's some things that you can take and apply and then start to work on that, and it can change your life because I, I can tell you it will because it can because I know it Yeah, it has for me, you know? So it, it, there, there is important messages, but, yeah, it's not everything is the same for everybody, so it's really hard to, yeah. to, to encapsulate so it. So take these, take these messages that we drop for you guys and um, just know that we do it with love, right? We're not fucking experts. I don't think anybody's an expert on this. I don't care. I don't know who you are, right? Mm-mm. But we um, we do this from a place of love. We take the time out of our, our days and our lives to do this. And um, we wouldn't do it if we didn't think it would help. And a lot of this, this is really our journey in real time. Yes. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're sort of on this journey and, and uh, we have seen the impact and the ripples of impact that take place in your life whenever you start exercising some of these principles. We talk about um, we talk about hermeticism, right? The principles of hermeticism and what it means to understand as above, so below, as within, so without, all these types of things. Um, we, we talk about spirituality, right? The importance of having some sort of understanding of the non-physical, mm-hmm. right? Because even if you just want to think about spirituality in terms of emotions and thoughts, it's all non-physical stuff that physiology doesn't really explain all that well. Um, we talk about uh, you know shamanism, which is just just the the understanding of how to heal through finding balance in the material and the spiritual realms together, and doing that through 
you know, an active seeking of, of spiritual conversation with, with the other side. Um, we talk about r- religion, which is really just a practice, the, the, the applied practice of, of spirituality in your life. So I always say that like religion is to spirituality, what exercise is to fitness. There you go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so don't come at me with your bullshit about religion being stupid. <laughs> like, it, religion is a spirituality. What exercises to fitness? It's just an exhibition of your fitness. So we talk about all these things, um, but really at the end of the day, we just we want to help. Uh, we want to document what we're doing that's working and not working, and the struggles that we've had. Because what we've come to find is that we're not the only ones having these struggles. A lot of people are having these struggles. Mm-hmm. Men, women, you know, yeah, even young people of of, of, of both genders. I'll get in that whole it's gender. Uni- yeah, it's, yeah. It's, well, it's universal. Yeah, it's a universal. It's a universal thing. These struggles, self identity, right? Securities and insecurities, and vanity, and you know, toxic traits of all kinds, and traumas. That's what we're we're really into here. It's how to unravel all that shit. Mm-hmm. And um, we're all walking around with it. We all got to deal with it. We all got to process it. And we all struggle with um, how to find and live as ourselves in the midst of it. So, the message I'm going to bounce on is the one I got from a good friend, David Halsey, this morning. Be yourself. The world will fucking adjust. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> That's it for today, guys. Uh, appreciate you so much. Go subscribe, and I really do mean it. If you guys would like comment and like, um, or comment particularly and rate this stuff. on Absolutely. like Especially Apple Podcasts. Um, that's where we seem to be getting most of the traction. Obviously, you guys can get video if you go to YouTube. And we're going to have other cool videos we're going to put up there too. But if you will like um, and comment and then rate the, the Apple Podcast videos, it really helps us get bumped up in the algorithms, which gives us more exposure to more people. And if this kind of message is helpful to you um, or to anyone that you might share it with, then um, please consider... Uh, supporting us on the Patreon too. And you can get a link to all of our stuff at wayfinderpodcast.com. It's super easy. Super easy to navigate. You just type in the website. You go there. there. The links are there. It's fucking easy. And um, just know that we do it all for you guys. Uh, You got anything else? Breathe. 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 Just breathe. (sighs) Just breathe. Big in, big out. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. And may you be a son on the paths of all men. You guys have a great week. See you next time. Do you remember when you looked in the water and saw your reflection, the embers? They drew out a map and they showed you direction, your sender. It's far in the east where your heart is at peace when you enter. My love is just a reminder, find your center. My love is just a reminder, find your center. My love is just a reminder. My love is just a reminder, find your center. Well, help me recall that first morning, sunlight at dawn, and cracks on the floor, well, it's so there's a warning, everything's changing, I'll rearrange it, so familiar, so amazing, hopped in the car, drove through the mountains, cows in the street, prayer be to accountant, there was the river, eternal giver, flowing forever, remember, find your center, 
My love is just a reminder, find your center. My love is just a reminder. My love is just a reminder, find your center. My love is just a reminder. Just a reminder My love is just a reminder Find me something